Hello again, everybody. It's a special edition of the Six Point Five Preps podcast. We are broadcasting from Lafette, Tennessee, at Big Ed's Barbecue, not too far from Macon County High School, and we've got Macon County head coach Kyle Shoulders with us. Kyle, how you doing, bud? Good, man. How about y'all? Ah, pretty good. Pretty good. Chris Brooks, along with Scott Burton, here with you. Uh, just a different type of uh, podcast for the off season. We wanted to do something a little bit different, Scott. And uh, you had this idea, so why don't you tell everybody about it? Yeah, this is a special installment of the Six One Five Preps podcast. This is episode one of Coaches in Q. This is a series where we get to know area coaches over a plate of barbecue. Uh, today, we're coming to you from Big Ed's Barbecue in Lafayette, and uh, joining us, uh, as Chris said, was. Uh, Main County High School head coach Kyle Shoulders. Uh, Kyle, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you all for having us. It's a great opportunity to uh, be a part of, of you guys. And, you know, I've known you personally for, for some time, and it uh, seems like you guys are doing great things. And to be a part of it is good for not only uh, me, but great for our program as well. Well, now you're, you're from Macon County, and, and you're coaching back here now. Uh, had a successful season last year, uh, went to the playoffs. Uh, ended up uh, running up against a pretty good Nolensville team in the playoffs. Um, you know, but, but still, uh, you know, an, an excellent season for you guys. Yeah, you know, uh, and, and we're speaking about last year, 18 or 19. 19. 19. You know, uh, we're, we're coming in 18. You know, our, our first year here, we uh, were able to uh, really overachieve, we felt like, uh, for once, maybe win some football games that uh, were not really expected to win. And we rode that over into 19 uh, and, and had quite a bit of experience. We really closed some gaps. If you look at some of the losses uh, in year 18, um, and then those losses uh, in 19 and compare those two, you'll see that we, we closed the gap greatly uh, and hopefully continue to build on that. Well, excellent. Uh, I want to look at, uh, at your background, just uh, you, know, you personally, your background as a player and a coach. Uh, as we talked about, you, you played here in, uh, in Macon County, and you were uh, – just run us through what your, you know, what your position and what your experiences were, were here. Yeah, and, uh, you know, coming into high school, uh, my, my first football season here at Main County High School would have been uh, 98. Uh, that, that was a rough year, really, for this program. Um, you know, we didn't win any football games that first year. Uh, coming in my sophomore year, uh, you know, the, the legendary Pat Dyer took over this program, and uh, everyone is kind of familiar with what he did with rebuilding the program and uh, making it really what it is to, today. And, and we were able, able to have uh, a little bit of success while, while I was here as a player, but uh, the, the building blocks really fell together uh, shortly after uh, my departure as a player in that 03 season when uh, that coaching staff took them to the semifinals and and you look at the history of making county football and and that's really the uh the only success really in the playoffs that that they've had in in, in with a number of wins you know um so uh you know we had a great experience uh, uh, uh you know, my experience as a player was much like my experience when I was at Red Bull and Springs. Both of those were uh, rebuilding programs, and, and I probably learned more um, about building a program as a player through Coach Dyer and things that he did. And, and we tried to uh, roll them over to Red Bull and Springs when we went there. Well, you mentioned uh, Red Bull and Springs. Um, you you went there. I believe you were starting there in two thousand nine. Is that correct? That's right, that's correct. As the as the head coach, what were the challenges? Uh, that that was a program that really had not known. Uh, it had known some some hard times. It had fallen on some hard times. Uh, you come in there as a as a first year coach. What were the challenges of being a first year head coach in that program? You know, uh, looking back at that situation um, at the time, um, I think I was too young, too immature. Uh, to even really understand all those challenges, you know, and that probably is what uh, gave me a chance at being successful there because I was oblivious to those challenges and 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 we just rolled our sleeves up and and went to work and and, and gave our best effort day after day without thinking too far into the future and and finally some some hard work paid off with our um you know with our players you know that 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 group over there I always talked about how resilient they are you know you're talking about a a football team when we took over that was 0 and 72 at one point and right. 
um, the uh, resiliency that those kids display day after day, coming back to practice, playing each and every Friday night with with not winning a football game, one single football game in uh, over seven years. That speaks a lot of volumes for those young men. And uh, but you know, it, it, looking at that situation as a more veteran or older. Uh, coach or individual, I, I think it would be a scary one, and there would be a lot of reservations um, going into that situation now. But uh, again, probably my greatest asset was uh, just a little stupidity, probably at that time, <laughs> and just not really knowing uh, what what's going on or what I was doing, and 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 learning on the run. And you know, uh, I had an opportunity to have some great coaches or, around me, even one that I've got here or two that I've got here with me. At, Main County High School and, uh, you know, uh, really fed off. You know, I, I told you that we used a lot of the things that Coach Dyer did here at Macon County High School at Ribbon Springs. We implemented those. Uh, well, not only that, but we, we stole some great coaches from, from uh, Coach Dyer's staff too, you know, some retired coaches. When you start thinking about the Mark Shrums of the world, yep, yep. The, the Bob Fitzpatricks of the world, and, and, and we were able to get them to come over and probably in all reality, they were running that program. They were just telling me what to do, and I and I had to go do it. You know. Well, you know, for for anybody who thinks that these uh, are, that, you know, that this isn't an honest podcast, that these answers are can I mean, that's about as candid as you get. Right yeah, there. yeah, you have to agree with that. <laughs> now, now, you know, you go over Red Bull and Springs, and you uh, you run into that issue. And, you know, what was your culture? How did you establish that going in? I mean, I know you said you were you you felt like you were you know, maybe not exactly sure what you were doing but uh, you had to have an identity that you wanted yeah you know we, we wanted to be blue collar and we knew we'd have to we, we knew we wouldn't have the, the the fastest 40 times we knew we wouldn't be the strongest team and we sure knew that we wouldn't have the most numbers each and every friday night but uh, we kind of wanted to have a blue collar work ethic and, and surprisingly so those kids maybe because of that 0 and 72 record was starving for some coaching they were starving for someone to just point them in the right or wrong direction and they were willing to follow and do whatever was necessary to be successful and uh you know so it made us in it made instilling a culture of uh, blue collarness and work ethic and uh, working just working hard for your goals and 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 being resilient uh, when maybe uh, adversity hits and, and and not dwelling on that and moving on it uh, the, the the desire out of the kids made uh, implementing that culture extremely easy now you know what are the biggest roadblocks to a, a someone coming into a first as a first year head coach what are, what and especially in that situation well you know i I think, uh, you know, there there was many roadblocks there at Rebel Springs. You know, when, when you look at, uh, you know, number of players is obviously an issue. Uh, maybe the, the lack of talent compared to some of those region uh, foes at that time. I think our time at, at Rebel Springs, we had six or seven um, – state champions and that came from our region so that was a yeah. dominant 1a region um you know you know then you look at finances and, and facilities and uh upkeep of those and youth programs and middle school programs all these things are things that need to be implemented to to have a successful program and and really ribble springs was lacking all of those uh, so, you know, we were, we were fortunate enough that, uh, you know, the whole saying, you know, uh, fake it till you make it in a sense, we were right. able to fake it long enough to Ripple Springs to be patient with us and, and, and to really tolerate us and keep us long, long enough where we can, uh, really get those things moving in the right direction. You know, some of that stuff is not done overnight, obviously. Right. So we we talked about the, you know the low points. You talked about you know you know building the culture and things like that uh, the high points of that program and and I, and you did take them to their first playoff game and I and sure. I'm gonna let you talk about that. But uh, there has to be some other ones also. Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, the, the very first uh, football game that we coached at Ribble and Springs, um, we 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 beat Oakdale. 
and and obviously that was a huge burden a huge relief and we had talked about that monkey on the back because you know they had been on espn for the longest losing streak of 72 games and it was just kind of the norm losing uh winning that first game was obviously a uh we we hoped at that time would be a a trendsetter and something the kids could build off of and then the very next week uh you know we're, we're down uh, by six to Pickett County. There's a minute and a half to go, and we're 70 yards away. And we run a two-minute drill and take it all the way down the field right at the last of the game. We throw a little corner route. Uh, I can remember Shelton Watson uh, catching it in the back of the end zone there uh, right under the scoreboard. Uh, Drew kept his feet in, went out of bounds to win the ball game. And, uh you know, that was an extremely exciting time, you know. And and, and I've often said, you know, we, we've coached uh, at other places, bigger places, bigger games. Uh, but the enjoyment out of small games like that, you know, and just what they meant to a community, meant to the program, meant to those players, um, I don't know that those weren't – just as exciting or more than, than maybe even the biggest state championship games around. So, and I and I remember because I was there the uh, the atmosphere that generated when Rebel and Springs makes their first and uh, I think it was its only playoff appearance. Uh, that community came alive. It did. It did. You know. Uh, uh, you know. There's a lot of hype leading up to that week. I, I think our guys were. Uh, a little shocked and a little uptight, obviously. I, I tell you, a turning point in that season. Um, we were we were very old school. You know, only, only thing that we knew was, like I said, um, what Pat Dyer had instilled in us as as a high school football player. So, you know, pregame. Uh, all those years while I was at Ribbon Springs, you know, there weren't a lot of talking. We didn't allow that. We, we weren't allowing them to cut up and really even enjoy themselves. You know, we were we were we were serious. We were focused, and they were not to move or talk or even look at each other. And uh, you know, we we were playing uh, good pasture that year, and uh, really had no reason um, to be on the field with them. And uh, it's just different types of programs you know they've had a lot of success at that time and, and Red Bull and had not and uh, I can remember one of my assistant coaches going out uh, into the dressing room and, and our our guys were just acting like a bunch of fools you know they're cutting up and they're laughing and talking and 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 just booming music and probably music that we didn't even like, and it's just, <laughs> you know, and just almost making us irritable and, and wanting them to, to hush. And, and he walks back in, and he said, Coach Shoulders, you're fixing to have a conniption fit. They're acting like fools out there. And I was like, I, I ain't going to warn them. I told them all year, which we had a young group that year, a lot of sophomores and juniors. And I said, I'm not going to tell them again. They're going to see what happens tonight. Uh, and it's going to be a reflection of how they behaved before the game. Right. Again, stupidity out of the coach. <laughs> and uh, so, so we go out and we beat upset Good Pasture, maybe the biggest win in school history, no doubt. Um, and then we get back to the field house and says, you know, that same coach looks at me. He's like, so are you going to talk to them about their behavior before the game? And I said, nope. I said, a matter of fact, if uh, they're quiet next week, I need somebody to go in there and wake them up a little bit. And, and, and I really think that was a big part of, uh, you know, what we carried on with us here at, here at Macon. And, and I've seen it a little bit at, at Oakland, too, when I was there. But, you know, we, we, we allowed those guys to be relaxed. You know, they were a lot like – they were a lot like me uh, coming in as a head coach at Ripon Springs, not knowing what I was doing. Those guys, they had the talent and the ability. They were sophomores and juniors, not a lot of experience, but they knew what to do. Uh, but it seemed like the traditions that I was forcing upon them was forcing them to be uptight, right. and they would miss assignments for that. They were so worried and concerned with doing it right that we had them uptight, and it was forcing those errors. But – uh, we learned real quick that uh, from then on out, we was going to let them relax and uh, try to be loose and, and, and take 
their pregame ritual however they choose and, uh, you know, see how it fell out. And, and it was good for us. And, and in all candor, I'm, I'm going to have to let people know that uh, I definitely uh, – I was there. Um, at the time, I was actually play-by-play for Red Bowling Springs. And I don't think I've ever told you this, but this was one of the, probably the highest and one of the lowest points of my <laughs> broadcasting career because that win was – that was such a great game. You guys went in there and, you know, if, if, you, if you'd have told anybody you guys were going to win that game, nobody would have. <laughs> right. no, nobody would have believed because, right. I mean, it was good pasture. Um, I called that game, and it was so exciting. I, I got excited. The people in the and, – and the people at Good Pasture were j- just wonderful people in that broadcast booth. They were so stunned <laughs> that here's the low point. I started – I stopped celebrating the Red Bull and Springs win and started consoling <laughs> the people in the Good Pasture booth. And I was, I was like, I had to be stopped because uh, my booth partner at the time was like, we need to talk about Red Bull and Springs guy. You know, <laughs> because it was just so, you know, that when that, uh, uh, when, when, you know, those, those numbers hit zero, I, everybody in, you know, in that area was America, Ameri- everyone in America. <laughs> it was like a shock wave just kind of went across the state because I was doing another game and I saw the score come across the, on social media. And I'm like, what? <laughs> right. And like a couple of people, other people saw the score and they we were just looking at each other with their eyes bugged out wide open. Like, what just happened here? Yeah, I mean, this team is. But the thing was, it was this team is actually, you know, this is actually a good team. Yeah. And uh, and I think that your guys believed. You believed, but I think for the first time, maybe even some of the Red Bull and Springs supporters began to believe. For sure. So. For sure. So you leave that program uh, uh, after, you know, after you've had success, you built it up. And I know that couldn't have been easy. Um, but, you, but you get an opportunity to go to Oakland. Uh, let's take a break. And uh, when we come back, I want to talk about, uh, about the move from Red Bull and Springs to Oakland. Good deal. Right, you're listening to the 615 Preps Podcast. Coaches in Q. Welcome back to the 615 Preps Podcast. We're at Big Ed's Barbecue in Lafayette, Tennessee, talking to Macon County head coach Kyle Shoulders. Uh, Kyle, you, know, you left Red Bull at Springs and you go to Oakland. A pretty big opportunity for you to advance your career. Tell us a little bit. You no. Know, why you made that move and what it meant to you. Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, we spent a large number of uh, years and, and time and effort in the program there at Ribbon Springs and 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 obviously leaving a program like that is is tough. Uh, uh, I've often, uh, you know, referred to myself as 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 Ribble and made in a sense, you know, uh, because they were patient with me long enough to to see me go through some struggles and have some successes, and uh, you know, be patient for for me to grow a, a, as a coach. And uh, Coach Creasy uh, was at Trousdale County during those years, and uh, he he had the opportunity of seeing us. Uh, grow as a coach. He's seen, seen the things that we were able to do at, at Rebel and Springs. He didn't have to, to read those things on a, on a resume or ask a, uh, a colleague on, on hiring me. Uh, he, he witnessed those things. And, and in 15, when he took that job at, at Oakland High School, he uh, reached out to me. We talked in depth uh, about making that transition at that point. And um, at that point, it was something that, that I just wasn't ready to do, maybe uh, just a little unsure about the move. And, and we still had some guys that were left over from that 14 year where we made the playoff run that uh, were still lingering in the program. And we were wanting to see them uh, throughout their, their tenure at Ribbon Springs. So, uh, we were hesitant. We did. We didn't make the move in fifteen. Uh, come sixteen, yeah, we revisited that conversation, and uh, even at that point, it, it was uh, a big change for me. You know, you're you're talking about a one A program who was uh, maybe maybe looked at as 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 the worst program in the state of Tennessee when we first took it over it at in two thousand and nine, and and now you're talking about an Oakland high school that's maybe in the top three of the highest classification in in the state of Tennessee. Um, you know, at, at Rebel Springs, we we lined up in that first playoff game. Uh, with 19 players, and, and Midway came in there with 49. Uh, and now I'm walking into 
uh, a room or a field house at Oakland High School who's got 100-plus players. And, you know, they have the likes of of uh, Jacoby Stevens, who is an LSU standout, who's going to be playing in the national championship uh, game. We've got um, uh, Caleb Oliver, who, who's had an excellent career so far at, at Georgia Tech, and and other uh, and another large amount of of athletes, you know, floating around. You, you've got the kid that uh, the Woody Washington that's at Oklahoma now, and uh, so. Little different, uh, little different uh, view, uh, and a little different situation. And but you know, there always comes a time where I think, as a profession, you have to uh, make some hard decisions and in moving on and uh, trying to advance yourself. That couldn't have been easy on your family either, uh, having you so close and then so far away. Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, we. Uh, when we made that transition, uh, it was something that we talked in depth with, with my family and uh, my wife especially. And, you know, she really, in all reality, I, I know this is said by a lot of coaches, but it is 100% true. She is the MVP. You know, I, there's no way that uh, I, we could raise a family and me commuting uh, an hour and a half one way to, to coach football, practices over at 7, and then – hour and a half commute back getting home at 8 30 and and her just holding things down at the home front you know and and being supportive not missing any games rain or shine and uh you know and that takes a toll too when, when you're talking about playing 15 games mm-hmm. you're almost playing another uh half of a season if you make a championship run so it, it wears on your family for sure but uh they were always supportive and, and continue to be so Okay, so the, talking about uh, the differences in between the programs, you talked about the players, the number of players that you have, the number that feed into that program. What are some of the other big differences you would have in between those programs? Well, you know, uh, you talk about um, establishing a, uh, a feeder program, and a lot of times we talk about uh, we look at that in perspective of a junior high or a middle school program, whereas Oakland, you know, their feeder program is theoretically their freshman team. You know, they have their own coaching staff. They have their own practice field. They have their own dumb. I mean, they are a separate entity in a sense. And, uh, you know, that uh, the fresh freshman year is a, is a hard year uh, for football players in a sense because – they they they're they're an eighth grader. They're they're primarily maybe play a big role, uh, have a lot of success. Now all of a sudden, you you walk in as a freshman and you're competing with guys that are potentially four years older than you. You know you could be 14, they could be 18, and and there's a great difference in the maturity level and four years in in a weight room. You know and. Um, Oakland is able to provide them that freshman team, and, and, and that helps with that transition, I feel like. And, uh, you know, I, I think that plays that, – that's a key role, uh, an aspect of their program that, 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 that's a key role to a lot of their success, for sure. Now, I believe they also have an, a number of uh, travel-like such teams, you know, in football and things like that, uh, maybe more so than what would – a rural school yeah they and they do and and one big difference now when you start talking about some of these other programs and 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 it's not really relative to oakland high school per se because oakland's had so much success and they've had they have such a good following within their community and area they're almost nationwide in a sense now Uh, but when you get into some of those uh, more city schools and even bigger schools, sometimes they don't have the following that uh, some of these rural schools do, you know. And, and uh, you know, the they may not have the uh, – um, they have more distractions for their, their players as well. You know, now a lot of our, our players there at, at, at Oakland, you know, they uh, – they, uh, Football was primarily their love, you know. They they loved playing the game, so you couldn't really run them out of the field house. Um, 
which is a little little different than my experience at Red Bull Springs, you know, trying to get guys to come out and really understand how to work. These these guys at, at Oakland really fed off the work and were really looking for a direction. So there is a big culture difference, really, between programs where expectations are different. Yeah, for sure. You know, they're at, you know we're talking about the greatest season at, at Red Bull Springs history is six and four. Um, and if you're losing – four games at Oakland High School, they're probably looking for a different coach or a replacement for you, you know. So uh, much different expectations, uh, which is fun, you know. that, that That's fun. Uh, now, while at Oakland, you know, we uh, there's a number number of games in which uh, sometimes aren't, aren't as competitive as you would like for them to be in a sense, you sure. know, for it yeah. to be really exciting. But now when you get into – you know, November and, and December and practicing and Thanksgiving and, and, and things like that, there's there's no replacement for those things for sure. So would it be true – would this be a true statement then at a school perhaps that it doesn't have that tradition of success, uh, the expectation – the season really is the season. It's uh, making the playoffs is the goal. Whereas if it, with a school like Oakland, season really doesn't start – until the playoffs. Yeah, it, it, the season really sometimes it doesn't start till round three, you know, or, yeah, or round sure. two. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, for sure. And, and knowing those things, you know, that there's a there's a different sense of, of way you can approach some preparation, you know. Uh, uh, you know, having uh, multiple weeks to work on, on certain people and, and realizing your foes and, and who's – uh, going to be uh, up ahead and, and who's standing in your way and being able to focus on them, that's that's obviously a, an advantage, you know, that, that Oakland has as well. So it, so as a coach, what are the difference in these, maybe the stresses and responsibilities that you had um, in, in a smaller program, even when you were OC uh, early before your head coaching, uh, what are the differences in uh, the stresses and responsibilities of those type of level programs? Hey, listen, um, you know, when I was at Oakland and, and we're talking about a big stage, uh, we're talking about, a, you know, it's not expected to lose ever. You're expected to win the championship game. And I was a, a position coach and the special teams co- coordinator there at, at Oakland and uh, that wasn't near the stress that I had at Red Bullen. You know, uh, uh, Coach Creasy, I can only imagine uh, the stress level that he has, and I'm glad that he had it, not me. You know, he <laughs> – uh, and, and but now, listen, he's able to handle those things extremely well, you know. he uh, And that's one of the things that I think that makes him so good is he's almost like a chameleon in a sense that he can – uh, he, he fits in. You know, he, he's one of the best guys that I've ever been a part of uh, or, a part, or around, and, 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 and he, he's able to relate to a number of type of individuals. And, um, but, you know, he, he's handling the parents. He's handling the finances. He's handling the fundraising. Um, and, and really the, 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 the weight of a, a win or a loss is, is really on that head coach. And, um, I, I think as an assistant coach, I was able to to really enjoy coach, get back to enjoy coaching. You were know, on it almost got to become a job. Where at first it wasn't, and uh, at Oakland, I was able to relax a little bit and, and just enjoy the kids, enjoy coaching again, and uh, being a little bit more relaxed for sure. Well, I'm certain that the uh, that the stress of you know not having to worry about whether you're going to have enough players or not or you know injuries affecting where you're having to move where you you get one kid injured it may affect three positions for sure at uh, at a school like Red Bull and Springs whereas at Oakland it's next man up for sure you know uh, you know you you have you have quite a bit of fill-ins at, at Oakland and can handle those uh, types of adversities you know much better than at a place like uh, Red Bull and or making even so you stay at oakland for a, a couple of years um and you get an opportunity to return home yep. uh to Macon county um what did you learn from your oakland uh from your oakland uh, experience that you were able to 
bring over to Macon County High School? You know, what I think that I improved on, and I I think I did this greatly at at Oakland, is I improved on how how to relate to the kids. You know, not looking at it as a – uh, a business all time and you know really developing those relationships and 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 really leaving Redborn Springs uh, I've often thought about what what I uh, what I probably miss the most about Redborn Springs uh, is those relationships you know not not just with the the some of the fans or the adults or, or the the faculty and staff or the administration but uh, the relationships with the kids you know, and uh, I think at Red Bull Springs, I was blindfolded by that uh, a little bit at times. It was more about, you know, focused on, on what our objective is and trying to achieve that. And uh, at, at Oakland, I, I was able to, to really see uh, Coach Creasy, you know, and, and, and how he uh, – and, and he probably didn't really understand the influence that he was having on me, but I really – I really observed him on how he carried himself, how he handled the kids, how he spoke to the kids, how he related to them. And and I really feel strongly there are tons of football coaches uh, in this in this state uh, that know X's and O's. There are tons uh, and are really good at it. Uh, but I doubt that there are any football coaches uh, that are as good as Coach Creasy in developing relationships, letting his kids know that he cares, how he handles them and manages them. And, 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 and because of that, because they know that he cares, uh, they're willing to work extremely hard. Uh, Oakland High School, uh, without a doubt in my mind, outworks anyone else in the state. I, I, I wholeheartedly feel that. And But he is able to put that amount of work ethic on them because they know that he cares. And they know that he is doing what is best for them. And because of that, he's able to be harder on them, hold, hold them to a higher standard. So I learned that from him. You know, almost the saying that they got to know that, that you love them. Uh, before you can really scold them, you know, and, and and I feel like that that's probably what I learned the most, what I got better at, and what I'm able to transition over to to Macon County High School. Excellent. So you came back to Macon County High School. Um, any anything that was a reason for return other than the obvious of coming home? Yeah. Listen, uh, both both places that I've been, Ribbon Springs is a place that. Uh, and I told the administrator over that over there uh, this a, a few days ago. Ribbon's a, a place that I could see I would have retired at, stayed for the longevity of my career. It was just the participation, the number of players that was so frustrating and would wear on me at times. Um, wonderful place to work. Wonderful. Um, I could see that being a great retiring spot. Then I go to Oakland High School, and I fall in love with that situation. That, again, is a place that, theoretically, if it was 45 minutes closer to me, that I could have seen myself retiring at. You know, the faculty and staff. and the, um, uh, Bill Spurlock was my administrator, which was tremendous. Uh, having the opportunity to work with uh, Coach Creasy and the relationship that we had already had prior to that. And it was just a fun, fun experience. And I could not ask for, for anything better. And, and a place I would love to have stayed. Um, the three hours in the car hurt. You know, and 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 you know, I, I'm I'm grounded here in 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 Macon County. Uh, it's where uh, my family's at. It's where uh, we we attend church here locally, and uh, friends and family, and um, just so many things here that that just really mean so much to me. And um, having the opportunity to come back here. Um, and really take over a program that I felt like I could take, and and, and don't get this misunderstood. It, it was it's Macon County High School program was nowhere in the shape that Ribbon Springs was, 
But what I am saying is I felt like I could take the same approach, and that's with blue-collar players, uh, instill the work ethic that we had at Ribbon Springs, instill the work ethic that I seen displayed at Oakland High School, along with uh, the – making of relationships with the players and and I felt like here it could strive if we could do all those things we felt like there was a lot in place and and listen being coaching at your your hometown is tough for sure um my first experience here it was extremely tough I I I was coaching with with coach cook and some other guys whom uh again you know I've already said how uh uh, the lack of football knowledge that I had when I went to Ribbon Springs. Well, imagine that. Before that, I was at Macon County High School. So, um, didn't know a lot, but uh, really loved the program here. And, uh, you know, it, my advice for any young coach is, is probably to not come back to his hometown, you know, uh, until he's established and, and confident in what he's doing and, uh, I really think Oakland provided that for me. You know, it, it kind of solidified uh, where I was at as a coach. I felt like for, for once, I think the the community uh, here, uh, you know, they were able to reach out to me. Uh, they wanted me to come back. So that all played into it. You know, if, if it would have been a job where, you know, I really didn't have – uh, they really didn't reach out for me, didn't feel like that that I was necessarily their number one or that, you know, it was something I was going to have to fight for per se. Um, you know, I don't know that I would have made that move, but but to feel wanted is obviously important, I feel like, to, to feel like you can do the things that you're going to want to do. And um, being able to, you know, five minutes from home, my, my, my kids – uh, are in the school system, so obviously it's uh, uh, valuable and important to me for us to be successful, not only as a football program, but a school system as a whole, and my wife already works in the school system, so, you know, we were familiar, we were knowing what we were getting into, and uh, we think it's a great opportunity for us to really show you know, what we have learned, you know, and, and bring some of those experiences and provide them for, for our guys here and uh, let them uh, flourish, we hope, within our program. So you talked about the, the pressure returning to your hometown and all that. Um, now, you're one of the few coaches – I don't say one of the few. You're one of those coaches who has – you've almost covered the whole you – know, we get you up into – Two double A, or <laughs> you yes, know, yes, sir. You know, uh, yeah, we get you into some of the private schools. You'll you'll hit them all. What <laughs> what is the uh, the biggest difference between a six A program like Oakland and a four A program like Macon County? Resources, you know, uh, I I would think it'd be resources from uh, uh, you know not just from a talent perspective, but uh, uh, you know they. Oakland's got the nicest of nice facilities. They've got a draw for uh, maybe kids that are looking for a new school to go back to, or uh, they transition into to Oakland High School. Whereas uh, Macon County, we don't have all those particular resources or the tradition that Oakland has. So, uh, kind of starting from the ground up and, and trying to create those things. So uh, we've pretty much covered your career. I'm going to get into some other topics. That, but for right now, we're going to take a break. Uh, you're listening to the 615 Preps Podcast. Ready, sir? All right. Back here on the 615 Preps Podcast over here at Big Ed's Barbecue in Lafayette, Tennessee. We're talking with Macon County Head Coach Kyle Shoulders. We've talked about a lot of your career already to this point. But uh, what kind of switch gears is it? Talk about some of the things that are going on in high school football, just around the area in general. Uh, we have – Maybe one of the biggest issues is officiating and the numbers that the officials are kind of running short at this point. What do you yep. think about that? Yeah, I, I think if anyone is unsure of the reason, probably, for the shortage in officials, they could probably show up to your local uh, Little League Park or youth peewee football game and, and, and see how some of those officials get treated for sure. And, uh, you know, they, they don't really make what they're worth. For sure, you know, without them, we're not able to have a, a game. And um, I, I think some of that is, is an issue, you know. And um, I'm not sure. I, I know TSSAA has been 
uh, in conversations on, on how to fix the shortage and uh, I don't know if that is through um, education, you know, through educating uh, the officials on to handle how to handle certain situations, and or if it's you know through maybe a pay increase, maybe maybe we pay our officials some more to uh, maybe get a higher quality official. Uh, you talked about uh, you know a lot of the uh, you know things that get out of hands from the from the peanut gallery, uh, you know, from the stands, yep. and um, I mean, is there anything? Uh, from the uh, coaches' side, administrative side, the school side, that can that can be done, uh, in your opinion, or is is it pretty much something that's going to going to go on, and you know you just have to either accept it and. Yeah, I I, I think our our administration does an extremely well job on, on keeping those things in check, and and I think the officials that have worked our games can can vouch for that for the most part. But listen, I I've, I've been in my. Uh, sofa at home and, and fussing about a call too you know I've, I've been in Neyland Stadium and and, and, and uh, you know cheering on Tennessee and, and fuss about a call too so I think it's it's something that's going to always uh, be a part of the game um, how we handle it and 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 you know like I said through education for those officials on how to handle certain situations I think is is the most important. So you talked earlier to, uh, and this is another uh, issue that's facing uh, high school football, uh, the outside influence that students have now versus maybe, uh, you know, what they had, you know, even back in my day, you know, if they didn't have the internet. They, you know, we barely had rocks and stuff to write on. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate Flint, you agreeing Flint, with Flint, me. Flintstones. That's it, man. You know, that was me and my brontosaurus burger, you know. But uh, the, the differences now maybe that, uh, you know, that are different now than from when you were playing. You know, I, I think the distractions now are great, you know, um, with the – Evolvement of social media, I think, can can be a huge distraction for for our young athletes. Uh, not even um, the not even to influence them not to play per se, but uh, influence the reason why they're playing. Some of them are uh, now maybe not in love with the sport, but maybe in love with the attention. You know, right. and, and and I feel like I, I see that a lot of times on. Uh, Twitter and other social media platforms where it seems like uh, certain players are, are, are more starved for that attention than, than they truly are about the process and, and really uh, the sweat equity that, that goes uh, with uh, those uh, recognitions. And uh, I think that's a distraction for sure. And, and I think uh, really in, in – in, a matter of uh, last few years, that's that's really uh, snowballed, and, and it's getting uh, bigger as as the years go on. With the attention that they're getting from college coaches, or uh, you know, a certain recruit recruiting agency, mm-hmm. and um, I, I think these are some distractions that that sometimes can play a negative role on on our young athletes for sure. You talk about uh, recruiting sites and recruiting uh, in general. Uh, also, seems to be a, a much bigger distraction uh, because these kids are taking control of their social media and their uh, quote unquote brand, yep. Um, and, yep. and that is another uh, concern that you see. Yeah, I, I do, and 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 and, and I, I I think there's positives and negatives, uh, just like anything associated with social media. The fact that they can take some of that responsibility and get their film out and uh, really communicate with with recruiters I think is invaluable you know if it pays off and they're able to play at the next level and, and get any type of uh, financial benefit from uh, you know some school covered or, or, or whatever I, I think those things are great um, but uh, sometimes I, I feel like that that attention maybe outweighs uh, truly what the goal is, and, and it distracts him from that. But um, it is no doubt uh, uh, a game changer. I think it's even a game changer for coaches. I think it's important that we are are visible on those social media platforms and, and, and that we're putting our kids out there where they're visible for uh, recruiters and colleges and, and try to help them get into to school. Um, but uh, I have seen – uh, where where that's 
I had a double-sided sword for sure. Yeah. Now, this year uh, specifically, we've seen an issue with uh, player shortages. Um, Metro schools had, uh, uh, I believe it was uh, Glencliff. Yeah, in fact, you played Glencliff this past yep. year, and you saw firsthand what their, mm-hmm. what their numbers were like. And yep. then, you know, we talked about Red Bull and Springs. Uh, uh, it, what do you see is the main, uh, the main source of that player shortage there? You know, you, you, you go back and, and, and you look at what a lot of these uh, young kids are brought up doing. Primarily, they're able to, at a young age, to begin to play soccer early at a young age. They're able to play um, t-ball at a young age. They're able to play youth basketball. Primarily, uh, those three sports earlier than football, per se. Um, and, and I think it has a little bit to do with, you know, them getting into some of those particular sports, having a little success, feel like they've got to focus on that sport. And uh, football is one that you 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 can play it in youth youth leagues, and, and we've got a wonderful youth league up here that that provides that opportunity for our young adults, but our young kids. But um, you know, you really don't start getting into the game until middle school, really, and. Uh, I think too many times our kids have already made up their uh, minds on what they're going to play or what they're not going to play and their path and where they're going to play in college before they ever enter junior high. And, you know, that accompanied with, um, you know, I I think football is targeted in a sense with, uh, you know, the concussion issue and injuries and, uh, I, I think statistics will show that some of these other sports are uh, – they provide uh, just as high of a risk of injury, if not greater, than football. And and I think football is one uh, of the most proactive sports out of all of them uh, that is taking the initiative to uh, try to eliminate some of those uh, with our rule changes that, that – um, has been put into place to protect the player. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people um, feel like that, that it's changing the game. Um, and it is. But I feel like it's positive changes. And, and it's one that, if not made, that maybe our our game could could become distinct, you know, yeah. if, if not. And um, I, I really think, you know, uh, the, the lack of education, I think, for our adults – with football uh, and how they handle their uh, kids uh, is a primary reason for the, the player shortage. Um, I, I think the adults are uneducated in the steps that uh, football has taken to protect their child, you know, and, and I think they're uneducated in the fact that they feel like uh, other sports are safer than football when maybe that's not the case well i agree with you because a lot of people you know don't view soccer as a a dangerous sport but there there are head injuries uh that occur in soccer all the time just from hitting the ball um uh there you know or people running into each other you get mm-hmm. knee injuries you know every sport has its risk because it's an active activity yeah it's just that football gets a bad you know gets a bad a rap because it is such a it, it, its primary focus is hitting right and 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 it is a is a violent game yes. you know uh, but uh, I think true competitors if 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 you're a true competitor or whatever you're playing you're playing pretty violently you know you're aggressive play sure. you know the good yep. soccer players are aggressive uh, yep. a good base runner in baseball is aggressive yep. one you know uh, so you know the the level of competitiveness that you have probably. Um, dictates, uh, you know, how how physical those particular sports are. But uh, you bring up a good point with soccer and heading the ball. I think that's – has that been uh, taken out of high school uh, soccer I, now yeah, maybe? I've been out of coaching high school soccer now for probably about six years. So, if they've changed it, it's been yeah, about six years. I, 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 it seems like I was – Told that maybe they uh, have either either limited that or or taken tried to take it, take that out of the game in high school to to eliminate some some injuries. But uh, you know, I think I think football is doing an exceptional job 
on, on trying to make our game safer. I think they've done that through educating uh, our officials. I think they've done that through educating uh, our, all the coaches around and, and, and how we teach tackling now is much different than the way we taught tackling when I was in high school even. And, and uh, so I think we're headed in the right direction. Well, let's, uh, let me change gears a little bit and talk a little bit about the uh, difference between rural and city schools. Um, I t- we talked, uh, I've talked to some of the uh, Nashville Metro schools and their problems uh, with support and you know, funding and things like that. Uh, you've seen it now from, from both sides. You've been in rural, really rural school, and you've been in, you know, Rutherford County of you know it's just you know city of Murfreesboro what are the the biggest differences as far as football is viewed in those communities well you know like we spoke earlier uh, with Oakland the expectation goes along with how they're viewed you know and uh, but uh, when it comes from a, a straight support uh, from the community from the administration or school uh, I can't really speak on behalf of one that does not have much support because I had great support at, at Rebel and Springs, um, much like you had said when uh, the, the atmosphere at our first playoff game, you witnessed that firsthand and uh, seen the outpouring support of, of not just Rebel and Springs community but the Lafette community as well. Macon County finally came together as a whole uh, for one common goal. And uh, then you go to Oakland uh, High School and, and – Oakland sets itself apart from maybe some other city schools in a sense because of how much success and tradition and support that it has. You know, it, right. it, it it's it's very uh, unrelated to maybe the experience that one would have at, at Glencliff or or somewhere like that 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 we had or that you guys had mentioned. So it's hard for me to really speak on uh, anywhere. Uh, rural or non-rural school or program without support because the ones that I've been a part of have have had a great outpouring of support. But what I was was looking at, uh, I mean, those areas are going to have a lot more financial support coming in because there's just more more of them. There's more people. There's more uh, everything else. And and I've I've, I've seen several games at Oakland, um, and uh, it's, it's one of my favorite it's one of my favorite schools to cover, and yes, part of it is because my nephew played there. But uh, it, it it is a wonderful, wonderful environment. It just it, and I see that you know I, I see what Macon County support is. I see what Oakland support. That it's just got to be the sheer volume and numbers. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And and now listen too. I, I mean the 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 economic status at those particular places are important you know you start looking at a Oakland high school whom uh, was interested in a 600,000 plus project for turf on their field you know that was taken care of in a matter of, of, of a few months uh, with their boosters and their support and alumni you know I don't know that that's feasible in some of these rural areas a $600,000 project like that on turf in a field i don't know you know can it be managed sure can it be uh done sure but in a matter of uh less than a handful of months maybe not you know so uh that is a great advantage of of somewhere like oakland for sure okay well we're gonna we're ready to move into the uh a little bit of a fun area for you uh just gonna give you five questions here i just want to off the top of your head. Oh, no. Okay. This, this, uh, hopefully this will be a fun exercise okay. for you. Okay. What college coach do you most admire? You know, maybe, um, you know, I, I, I think it's the easy answer just because of their status right now. But uh, the way that Ed Orderon has kind of went through the ranks, he's been at some – uh, different schools. He's not really a flashy guy that's looking for the attention. He's always looking to uh, whatever the best interest for his players are. And, you know, I'm, I'm, 
Go Tigers. <laughs> you know, I mean, and he's kind of yeah. trademarked himself. Yeah. And, and now, listen, I might be a little bit of bias because, like I said, I'm, I have previously coached a player that's there, so I've, I've paid more attention to them. But, you know, uh, Ed Orgeron has been told no several times. Um, and he wasn't their first guy at LSU. Right. And, you know, sometimes those guys are the best fit. And – uh, you know the the quality of coach that that he is, and and the culture that he has developed at at LSU is one to to admire for sure. Okay, um, looking at this from a high school coach perspective, or even a high school football fan perspective, your favorite high school away stadium? Oh, I don't want to say this. I really don't want to. I really don't want to <laughs> say this. You know, uh, I don't know about favorite, but, you know, uh, the, the Creek Bank at, at Trousdale has uh, a mystique. Well, I, I was going to say, you, sure. could, you could go memorable. Uh, or, uh, yeah, you know, or know just... it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of tradition there. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that that venue is uh, extremely – uh, hold to a high regard within that community for sure, and uh, it's a tough place to play not only for us as a rival, but uh, anyone across the state that has made that trip. Well, let's see if we can't get you uh, upsetting some other people. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars for sure. For sure. Yeah. You seen the new one? I have not. No. Oh, okay. Well, we won't spoil it for you. Okay. Your favorite sports movie and/or book. Favorite sports movie? You know, I I'm not, I don't even watch movies, and uh, I can hardly read. So, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> you know, uh, you you, you got to look back at all some of the uh, you know most recent uh, sport movies. But uh, you know, even though I'm a football guy, man, uh, major major league is. Held at high regards oh, for me. I, I, I think a lot of that movie for you, sure. You mentioned the major league because you were also a two sport athlete in high school. Yeah. You played baseball as well. Yeah, absolutely. What was your favorite pitch to throw? Slider for sure. Okay. Yeah. It's the only one I had success with because I was <laughs> I couldn't throw a curveball worth a crap and uh, my fastball wasn't real fast, so I could at least throw a slider and sometimes I'd miss it. <laughs> well, that, that actually that actually is one of the questions is if you it wasn't for football, which would you have played? Yeah. So yeah. Good question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it'd for sure be baseball, and I, I loved uh, playing baseball, uh, and I got to play for Wayne Deering here at Main County High School, who is a, a legend um, for sure as a coach, and uh, actually was a pretty good football player too. He he was a kicker, I think, as well, and had some success. But um, you know, I've, I've talked often how much I probably enjoyed practicing. Uh, Baseball, everything that went with baseball, maybe even better than football. Uh, but with football, there's nothing that can uh, duplicate that Friday night feeling, that experience, you know, running out in front of your home crowd. Um, so that's kind of what led me. You know, when, when you get out of high school, you can pick up and play uh, some co-ed softball or baseball or whatever you can continue to play and and I guess you could do that football too but my body would not handle that very well and so the long for that feeling I think is kind of what what drew me to coaching well, I'm gonna have one bonus question okay I lied I'm gonna give you uh, six but because I know where this question is gonna be LSU or Clemson LSU for sure you know hey listen now we've got a we might have a little quarterback battle uh here at, at Macon County High School coming into the spring uh you know uh we, we've got a sophomore that's coming up going to be a junior Brady Brooks that uh he, he he's been calling himself Trevor Lawrence uh for the last few few months so <laughs> I know he's rooting for him and I'm rooting for for Trevor Lawrence to to have some success in the national championship game as well but uh at the end of the day, we want to see LSU come on, come out on top. We want Jacoby to uh, uh, to win for sure. Well, not to put you on the spot, those are the questions I had. But uh, now this is your turn. Is there anything that uh, you feel like you want to mention? Uh, anything that uh, you have? Uh, I just want to make sure I give you uh, ample time. If there's anything, that yeah, uh, you know, first and foremost, you know, we we 
want to thank you guys for giving us an opportunity to uh, promote our program. I think it's invaluable for us to be able to do. There's being a rural school, there may not be a lot of uh, individuals that know a lot about making county high school football and uh, what it's about and uh, being able to hear 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 us mentioned a little bit is is important to us and, and we appreciate you guys it's always easy to cover the Oakland's of the world or the Marables you know er- everybody wants to cover those for sure and that's important that that's done and uh, we appreciate you guys uh, not forgetting about a small folk down here in uh, uh, 37083. You know, just thankfully we're, we're part of the 615 crew, you know. Absolutely. And we want to thank uh, the people here at uh, Big Ed's Barbecue for allowing us to uh, do our podcast uh, from, from Lafayette today. Chris, uh, do you have anything? Wish this ring would stop because uh, it's, uh, it's January 11th and it's 70 degrees. we got to get that out of here. For sure, that's scary. That's it's not fun. But uh, other than that, I've really enjoyed having you on, Kyle. Really yeah. appreciate you giving uh, thank us time. You. Absolutely, thank you. Thank you for taking the time with us today. Yeah, and so that's all we've got here for the big ads. Uh, our next episode, not sure when that's going to be yet. We'll give you more details on social media as we find out some more. But uh, for Scott Burton and Megan County Head Coach Kyle Shoulders and Chris Brooks, we are done. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time.